0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Good time to uh, to dive into what we do best over the next half hour. That is talk about your employment rights, your workplace rights, stuff you may not know if you've tuned into the show before. Maybe this time is the time you uh, pick up a phone and call us. And ask your questions. We'd love to have you here on the show. Anytime in the next half hour, 416-870-6400. Again, 416-870-6400. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And you can always reach out by going to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca too. That uh, website built just to make you that much smarter. When it comes to your workplace rights, you'll have access to the severance calculator used by millions so you can uh, get in there and be one of them as well and learn what your severance really should be. Lior Sanfiru, of course, is here, employment lawyer, Sanfiru to mark an LLP to make you that much smarter. Going to be talking about this, what you may not know about termination of employment and severance. That is on the way between your phone calls. Always get it started with a case of the day. What do you got going on, pal?
1: Hey, John, always a pleasure to be here, of course, and always wanting to answer questions. I've had a a busy day so far. You mentioned it's just after 6.30, but uh, for me, the day started very early today with lots of questions, lots of emails answered. And I want to continue that, uh, that trend right now by answering your issues, your questions about employment law, your workplace rights. Maybe today you're driving home and it wasn't the best day. Your boss said something and got you thinking about your rights. Well, let me help you figure that out. Call us right now and I'll tell you what this means, what it doesn't mean and what the law can do for you. Maybe you're worried about losing your job or maybe you've just been told the company's changing direction and you're, you're out of work. Maybe they're changing direction and it means your job is changing, your hours are changing. Well, whatever the issue, if it touches unemployment, your work, your job, your boss, we can answer, we can tell you what you need to know and arm you with that knowledge so that you're better informed. And, of course, we'll also give you, as always, my contact information in the office, or so you can do like so many others and send an email or make a phone call so we can have a private chat about your workplace rights. That said, the case of the day situation that came across my desk earlier today, I spoke with a gentleman who had worked for the same company for seven years, was just let go, nothing wrong that he did, nothing wrong that the company did. Uh, it was a uh, cost cutting uh, that the company did. They let go of uh, a couple of people. He was one of them, again, after seven years. But here's the, the little kink in this situation. For the first six years that he worked for the company, He was, quote-unquote, an independent contractor. He was a contractor, according to the company. And about a year ago, they had him sign an employment agreement and said, now you're an employee. Fast forward to now, they let him go. And they're saying, okay, well, you're a one-year employee because before that you were an independent contractor, they say. So we're going to pay you severance as a one-year employee. And they offered him three weeks' pay. So Mm. let's be very clear here. It's almost impossible to magically turn from an independent contractor to an employee. This guy was an employee all along. He was misclassified for the first six years. Nothing really changed for him. So what happens, and I've seen this often, John, I know we've talked about this before on the show. He was called an independent contractor. A company just said, hey, let's just make him an employee. Nothing changed. They thought if he just signs a piece of paper that does something. No, he was really an employee all along, which means now, When he lost his job, he is a seven-year employee, not a one-year employee, and he's owed severance on that basis. Now, the three weeks that he was offered, John, would have been terrible even if he was a one-year employee. As a one-year employee, he probably would have been owed about three or four months of severance, not three weeks. But as a seven-year employee, he's probably looking at about nine months of severance. So I'm going to help him get that, of course. It's going to be incredibly easy, I expect. But I wanted to remind everyone there this idea of being misclassified. Chances are, if you're working for a company, if that's the only company that you work for, if you have kind of a regular job, the law is going to make the decision. The law is going to consider you to be an employee, not an independent contractor, even though you may have signed a contract, a piece of paper, even though the company says, no, no, you're a contractor, doesn't matter. None of that matters. If you look like an employee and you act like an employee, hey, guess what? You're an employee.
0: Yeah, we've had this conversation so many times with people that call in and say, yeah, but Lior, it's like, you know, the boss is a buddy of mine and we both agreed, we shook hands and we, we cracked a beer and we said, yeah, we're contractors, don't worry about it, I'm good. They went about their business. It makes no difference.
1: It makes no difference, and, and you may think, well, okay, well, what's the risk of doing that? Well, yeah. number one, the risk is that what happens if CRA ever says, well, we we want to just do an audit to make sure everything is kind of kosher here? Well, they'll say, no, no, wait a second, you're actually mm-hmm. an employee. Why you've been? Why have you been calling yourself a contractor? All of a sudden, there could be fines, penalties, back taxes, you name it. Not a good situation to be in. Okay, very important to remember that. Uh, the other thing is, of course, if you're a an employee, but you've been misclassified, the company is going to say, well, we're not going to pay you overtime, we're not going to pay you vacation pay, and those are things you would otherwise uh, be owed. So very important to remember that misclassifying is not a good thing.
0: And again, as I mentioned off the top, uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is where you want to go. And there's a section there about, are you an independent contractor? So just to clear up the air, if you didn't uh, catch our drift, it's about the uh, third one down. Uh, Am I an an employee or an independent contractor? You can use that tool anytime you would like. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Take a short break. The one break we will take and get back into it. Just give you some time to grab a phone, make that phone call, and join us here live on the show. Get your voice on air, 416-870-6400. And upon our return turn what you may not know about termination of employment and severance. That's coming up Tuesday night edition Employment Law Show. Stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. We talk about this all the time when we uh, cross the uh, the topic of severance. That is, uh, talk about the age, uh, length of employment, position, the three pillars, the main pillars. But there are other factors, right, that go into determining how much severance employees should get, right?
1: Absolutely. So the main factors, the three biggest factors, if you will, are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. So the longer you work, the older you are. And the more senior a position you have, the more severance is owed to you. But there's uh, many other factors, and, and I do mean many other factors, that could impact your severance, both up and down. And I'm going to give you a few examples. Mm-hmm. First of all is uh, the industry that you work in. If you work in an industry where there's not a lot of jobs – Uh, so it's harder to find another job, uh, then that's going to significantly increase your severance. If you are in a a situation where you have a medical condition, for example, if you have a medical condition, again, arguably it's more difficult to find a a job, maybe you have a, a disability that limits your ability to work just anywhere, that's going to increase your severance significantly. If you were recruited from another job, so if you're recruited from another job, we call this often inducement, and then you're let go by the new company, you're owed enhanced severance. Anything uh, in that situation means you're going to get severance that recognizes your service with the past company. And in addition to that, really anything that impacts your ability to find another job once you've been let go is fair game. It's something that's relevant that's going to mean you get more severance. So, you know, if you're looking for a job during a bad economy where unemployment rate is high, Well, guess what? That's going to increase your severance because arguably it's more difficult to find a job then. So there's a lot of factors, and I just gave you a few examples. There's many, many more. That's why it is so vital, so essential that if you lose your job, I don't care if you worked for a month or 55 years, if you lose your job, you have to get legal advice. You have to call. We have to sit down and talk and consider all those factors because chances are, you're owed a lot more than you realize and a lot more than what you've been offered.
0: Interesting points. How about geography, whether you're working in Windsor or Wawa or your Timmins or Toronto? That should, that should be a factor as well, right, as far as availability of work and severance? Absolutely, huge factor. Yeah.
1: As I said, anything that impacts your ability to find another job is a right. factor. So if you're working in and, and living in Toronto – Arguably, there's more jobs than if you're looking at working or living in a remote location. Where there's just not a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. So yes, people that that live in a more remote location or live in a remote location are going to have a hard harder time finding a job, and they're going to be owed more severance. So. There's so many factors, and we have to consider all of those factors. Uh, It's not a straight line, well, i worked there for two years, therefore I get this much. Uh, And it's because often, John, people believe that it's that straightforward that they accept inadequate severance. Well, hopefully our listeners know better now, and they're not going to do that.
0: And by the way, you can always reach out to Leor and his uh, team anytime one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But here and now, guys, you still got lots of time to get on air and ask your questions four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred something else you might not know. What about uh, getting your job back? Is that even an option if the company lets you go? Because some people, that's what the, the first thing is. I, I want my job back, Leor.
1: So, John, uh, every day, seven days a week, right? I speak with people that have lost their jobs, and. Probably the most common theme I see is when people call me, they're often upset that they were let go, which makes sense, and they just want their job back, right? Mm -hmm. They just, you know, I, I don't feel I was right that I was let go. I just want the company to just take me back and let's just move on. And I get that. That's probably what I would want as well. But here's the thing the law does not have the ability to make your employer take you back there are really no legal mechanisms to force the company to take you back so no can you get your job back usually the answer is no you cannot uh that's why we talk about severance so often on the show because that is what the law can do if you lose your job it's a question of severance. It's a question of the compensation that you owed uh, in that situation. So the law is not going to say to the company, take, take this person back. But what the law is going to say is, oh okay, you let the person go. You're going to pay them severance. And by the way, it's probably a lot more than what you thought you're going to have to pay. So job back, no severance after two years, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Again, we're talking about things you may not know about termination of employment and severance. What about small companies versus large companies? Again, there's a phone call you get every day practically. Are they expected to pay the same amount of severance? And I know that's often what the, the employer, being a small or large employer, will use as a backdrop, right? Oh, we're small. We don't owe you severance, right?
1: So, you know, a few minutes ago I talked about the factors that impact the amount of severance. And what you did not hear me say is that the size of the company matters. And uh-huh. the reason for that, it doesn't. It doesn't matter whether you work for a company that has one employee and you're that employee, or a company that has 10,000 employees. When it comes to severance, you get the same because the factors are your age, your position, the length of your employment. And because of that, the size of the company doesn't matter. And I know it seems strange that a, a tiny company has to pay the same severance as a huge company. I don't make the laws, I just tell you what those are. And yes, sure. that company has to pay severance. So there's a huge misconception that only companies with a certain size payroll have to pay severance. Wrong, false, not true. Absolutely full severance has to be paid, even if you work for a tiny company.
0: Let's get uh, Pierre on the line. Hey, Pierre, thanks for taking the time, pal. How are you? Not bad, and you? Beauty, what's on your mind?
2: Okay, so small small kind of tech company, working for about uh, three years, uh, and then my employee and working from home, and then my uh, the employment changed from uh, full time hours. They asked to go into uh, part time hours. And then uh, and and then I guess I didn't sign it didn't find anything. But I guess I went along. So I guess I I've agreed by 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 taking on the part the part time hours. And then within about a month or two uh, was. Uh, was terminated with, uh, without cause and offered two or three weeks severance.
1: So, a few questions, Pierre. When did this happen? When were you let go? Uh, so that would have that would have been uh,
2: at the beginning beginning of March.
1: Okay. And did you sign anything when the company paid your severance? Did they ask you to sign a release or any document like that? I have not
2: have not signed. So they were telling me I've got till April, but I'm not signing anything.
1: Okay, so you worked there for, for three years. Uh, what? Uh, how, how old are you, Pierre?
2: So it 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 would it would uh, around uh, 20, 25 years of age.
1: Okay, so someone in your situation is owed about four months of severance, three to four months of severance. So it's not three weeks; it's it's about four months. Now, the the interesting thing here is the whole idea that you were reduced from full time to part-time, given the fact that you really worked in that part-time role for a short period of time, I can make the argument absolutely that your severance should be based on your full-time earnings, not your part-time earnings because that's going to be a big difference. So, So, It's not just the three weeks that they've offered you. It's not a number of weeks only. It's also how do we calculate that? And, and, you know, if you had worked for six months, for example, I'd say, unfortunately, you're kind of stuck with the part-time aspect of it. But if it was, you know, a few weeks, yeah, we, we can deal with that. So, Pierre, what I want you to do is I want you to connect with me off-air as soon as possible. We'll give you yeah. that number in just a sec. And, yeah, let's get you, you know, the Severance that you owed right around four months. Sounds good.
0: Thank you, Pierre. Appreciate it, pal. Here's how that's uh, going to go down as far as the phone call is concerned. you got to reach out, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We roll on here. Do like Pierre. Make that phone call, 416 416- Eight seven zero sixty four hundred. 6400 It's so quick to make that call and get some, uh, some information. But in between that, we're talking about what you may not know about termination of employment and severance. Does an employer have to give a reason uh, terminating employment? Because that's always what people say. They didn't tell me why. I didn't do anything wrong. I got no answer. I just got a bad severance package.
1: Yeah, so oftentimes I get people say, a "Company didn't give me a reason," or they no. gave me a reason, but I'm not buying it. Okay, I don't think that's the case. You know, they they said that they're restructuring, but they hired someone else. So I think the company's lying. So here's the thing, of course, and and this is frustrating, and I personally don't like this. But the reality is, from a legal standpoint, the company is not obligated to give a reason. They're not obligated to provide. Uh, an honest reason, even if they do decide to give one, ultimately, again, going back to what I said before, it comes down to severance, and the reason for that is a company generally can let you go for any reason, as long as they're not breaching human rights laws. Uh, they can they can let you go for any reason as long as they pay severance. So mm-hmm. maybe they lied to you. Maybe they said they're cutting costs, and they turned around and they hired someone. They paid them that person more. Well, that makes them dishonest. But it doesn't mean that they've, bro- they've broken any laws as long as they pay you proper severance. Where the laws get broken in 90% of the cases is that the company simply doesn't pay or doesn't offer enough severance. So, yes, you, you, you can be let go even if the company is dishonest or doesn't give you a reason. Frustrating, I get that completely. But, again, legal so long as proper and full severance is
0: paid. Let's clarify some terms that people often hear. Uh, severance, we talk about termination pay, pay in lieu of notice. There's a bunch of different ones. They all mean the same thing or they mean different things?
1: So listen, for, for, for the purposes of what people need to know, we're talking about the compensation that you're owed when you lose your job. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Some of that may be something classified as termination pay. Some of it may something be something classified as, as severance pay. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if you're owed a hundred dollars, as an example, it's not. Doesn't matter if of the hundred dollars, forty is from for that, and sixty for, is for this. At the end of the day, what matters is what you're owed. So that's why in, in employment law, we refer to it the, under the generic term severance. That's really what matters. So people often kind of really try to analyze: Am I owed this? Am I, is it termination pay? Is it pay in lieu of notice? None of that matters. Okay, it really doesn't matter. What matters is the total amount that you're owed, and to calculate that total amount, as I said, we're looking at age, position, length of employment, and and you can use our severance calculator for that. Of course, you can find that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So while there could be a distinction between uh, pay in lieu of notice, termination pay, severance pay, at the end of the day, don't even think about it. Don't worry about it. It does not matter. What matters is the total amount that you're owed. And that's exactly what we're talking about.
0: You know, it's interesting, too, because we I think as of last week is the official 10-year mark we've been doing this show across the country. A long time, man. A lot of people have been educated, and they know us now. They know what you do. But still, people sometimes are still hesitant to, to call lawyers. You face it all the time. So we always say that people should get help to negotiate their fair severance. That's what you should do. But if they do that, sometimes they say, well, do I risk losing what's already been offered if I rock the boat?
1: Yes. And and I get asked that virtually every time I spoke with a gentleman this morning that asked me that question. You know, they offered me this. You tell me it's, it's a terrible offer, Lior, that I'm owed much more, but am I actually risking losing that? The answer is no, you're not. And, and, and think about it this way. And here's my example that I always like to use. If I owe you a hundred dollars. I owe you a hundred dollars. I don't know because I, you loaned me the money. Whatever, I owe you a hundred bucks, and I say I'm only going to pay you thirty-five. But you better sign this by Friday. Would you be worried about losing the thirty-five? Well, no. I was like, I don't care about the thirty-five. I'm owed a hundred. In fact, I would love for you to accept the thirty-five because then I just saved a bunch of money. Yeah. So it's the same when it comes to severance. The company's going to not take that offer off the table because that offer is a great deal for the company. They would love for you to accept it, right? So no, you're not going to lose what the company has offered you. It's simply about getting you what you're actually owed.
0: And how about that negotiation portion? I can't see someone going in on their own saying, I want more. Company's going to say, yeah, so what are you going to do about it? It's not going to work if you try to do it by yourself, right?
1: Well, number one, you have to understand that the company may not understand or know how much they owe you and you telling them I want more is not going to make them go to inform themselves. Right. Once I contact the company, guess what? The first thing they do is they call their lawyer and say, okay, this lawyer says we owe this person more. Is he right? And guess what? That lawyer's going to say, yeah, he is right. You got to pay more. The company's not going to make that phone call if you contact them yourself. They're not going to feel the need for it. So they're going to say, yeah, it's nice that you're owed more, but we think we we owe you we, we owe you less. So So that's not going to work. The other thing is... They're also not going to take you particularly serious. If you go there on your own and they're a big company and like, yeah, okay, well, I'm sure you, you feel you want more, but what are you going to do about it if we don't? Yeah. So, you know, if, if I'm involved, like, okay, well, wait a second. Now he means business, this person. Now we better do something. So is it possible to negotiate severance on your own? Sure. But generally speaking, you're not going to get a good result. And The other concern I have with that, John, is sometimes people compromise their own negotiating position. They don't ask for enough, and all of a sudden, they've kind of boxed themselves in, and then I get involved later in trying to undo what the person did. So best advice is, let's do this properly. Let's get this resolved. We can get it done quickly. We can get it done efficiently, and by the way, John, without burning bridges.
0: So regardless of the amount, the dollar amount of the severance, which is, of course, that's got the spotlight on it, what other things should an employee look at when they're looking at that severance offer?
1: So the the number of months we always talk about is someone knows 3 months, 12 months, 24 months of course that's mm-hmm. that's a main thing but equally as important is how is that calculated what's included in that because 12 months of salary is one thing but it's very different than 12 months of salary and bonus and benefits and car allowance and commission and pension and the reason why that's important is your severance has to include all components of compensation. It's not just your salary. And in almost every case, the company, whatever the severance that they offer, they're not calculating it properly. They're only including base salary. They're not including all the other components. And those can add up very, very quickly. So remember that all components have to be included. That's why you call me.
0: And with that, we are just about ready to uh, rock and roll for the evening. But we're back in tomorrow, so come back at six thirty. If you have a question coming to mind, just keep it, store it till tomorrow, and uh, we'll get to it for sure when you make that phone call. But in the meantime, you can always reach out to Lior and his uh, his crew anytime. Always ready for that phone call. No obligation there. One eight five five eight. One fifty nine hundred help at employment CA. That's the email address. And we mentioned to it, uh, we mentioned and referred to it several times, and I'll do it again. Pocket Employment CA. So important you check that website out. You'll learn so much there and have access to the Severance Calculator as well. We'll catch you tomorrow for sure, six thirty, right back here for the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy your night.